Hello and welcome to another episode of We Are Not Wizards. My name's Richard, I'll be your host, and it's spooky. Ooh, it's October. Which means it's Halloween, which means for an entire month, for no reason whatsoever, everybody changes their name. For some reason, there's something spooky on Twitter, I have no idea why it happens. That does not matter, because it does not happen here, because uh, joining me tonight is a gentleman who... He reached out and he got in contact and we've been kind of speaking um, briefly. His name's Joost. His second name's Dan Tuma. He's here to talk about his game, which is called Frizzbills. And we're just going to have a general natter because we've got the time. So we're going to do that. And uh, we talk a little bit back and forward on Twitter. So it's a delight to have him on the show. Joost. It's a delight to be here. Thoroughly excited about this. Nice to finally meet you. It's weird, isn't it? It's kind of like it's not like I'm round your house, though. It's kind of like would you call it an e-meet? You don't just hate that when people say. Well, next time, next time you're down in London, <laughs> then I'm not allowed out of the country. <laughs> Get to passport next March. I'll be getting to passport control. I'll be getting turned back. Um, as as it is. Oh, indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, how are you, sir? Are you well? Are you good? I'm very well. Yes. Uh, I'm enjoying October. The summer continues unabated, <laughs> I think. It's kind of like, it's one of those things that's like, do, do I take a jacket? Or do I not take a jacket? Or do I just take a heavy, a yeah. heavy sweater? And you never can tell because it's still at the point where you could be wearing a heavy sweater, which you could be regretting because you might not have a choice garment underneath that you can take the heavy sweater off to without looking silly. So um, there's that horrific conundrum in going. It's all about layers. Layers. Small, light layers that you can easily <laughs> remove without embarrassment. Dress for the occasion, but dress in layers always. Welcome to We're Not Fashion Wizards. <laughs> um, the reason that we do this is because we've reached 200 episodes and just like um, a big boulder rolling down the hill, gathering moss and houses and various woodland animals, uh, we cannot be stopped and so we're continuing. But in order to continue, we have to bring you the best content and guests and people and other things that we can find, which is why when Joost approached us and asked to come on the show, we said, yes, have a chat. Well, that's exactly why I approached I approached you as well. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the cast. Oh, don't. So. I, I can't deal with people complimenting me. I'm a me. fan. Can't, can't deal with people complimenting me. you got to say something nasty, like, you know, you've got a terrible accent or something like that, something I can deal with. Um, <laughs> And um, as we said, the other reason is because um, we don't always talk about tabletop. You know that we talk about Kickstarter. I mean, the other day we had Kay on, and Kay was talking about cosplay. Yeah. So. Yep. Very good episode. Yeah, it was. It was Kay fun. Was a very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And Kay, Kay will come back on, and she's going to say, "I'm on forever coming back on that show." But I'm trying to persuade her to in the future, not straight away though, but maybe in the future. Um, first of all, I mean, you've obviously, you listen to us because of, you have a, I guess you have a passing interest in the tabletop side of things. Yeah. Have you, I mean, yourself, have you been interested in the hobby for quite some time? I mean, how did you, what's your kind of your history, as they would say? Um, well, like many people, uh, there was the desert years in the middle where I didn't have time 
or um, friendships to indulge it. But um, no, I started at school, um, played Dungeons and Dragons, um, what second edition, something very early, early doors. Um, I I was a dungeon master. Um, I don't know if you remember the cartoon Dungeons and Dragons, yes. but I even yes, I even had the the swimming. I put a swimming cap on and hung cotton wool from the sides of it so that I could go greeting these people. <laughs> So you pretended to be the dungeon master then? Oh yeah, yeah. Did you, did you go about in your knees? Happy did you go about in your knees and put your shoes? Oh yeah, at your knees. <laughs> yes. So you could go about yeah, pretending exactly. really, really small. My biggest, yeah. I think my biggest regret is one of the first guests we ever had had on. You, um, Gary Butterfield. He started talking about um, Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon, and I had a blank that day, and I went, "Yeah, I, I, I kind of remember." But um, yeah, I totally remember the show. I remember kind of watching it. I remember, um, I remember it went on forever. <laughs> I never, I never. No, well, the, the, they never had a first episode because I bought them on on DVD. Did I you? don't know if you remember DVDs, oh, yeah, I them. but yeah, uh, for the kids. So I've got <laughs> kids now, and obviously, the first thing you do is you start forcing them to watch the programs you watched as a Absolutely. child. And so there was never a first episode and there was never a last episode because um, they cancelled it one episode before the end. Imagine doing that. I mean, I just... Uh, yeah, well, they had some new exec came in and hated it. See, I did the same with Thundercats. I got the entire DVD <laughs> box set of Thundercats because still, I still think the animation on it is very, very impressive. But I think it must have dropped out because it kind of changed the format so it was kind of completely different. And I also, do you remember Visionaries? No. <sighs> what was Visionaries? Visionaries was like a 13-episode kind of cartoon that was, um, I think, I can't remember. I think it was a- animated. It was one of the first. It was a- animated in Japan, I believe. But the animation was absolutely fantastic. And it was about these kind of, you got the toys, and they were little holographic, the, the figures, the plastic figures had little holographic breastplates on them. So when you looked at the figures, you could see like a 3D kind of model inside. I think I do remember that. And they had like... I, I have to admit, I'm cheating. I've got I've got the internet on, so <laughs> I'm just looking at pictures, and I, th- I think I do remember that. And it was one of these things that only lasted like 13 episodes, and then I think um, I think it got cancelled. Because I think it was around about the time where we were crossing into the place where cartoons, if they had a toy merchandise connected with them, the, the, yeah. the, the series being renewed was often based around the, the the popularity of the of the toys that were around it you know like he yeah. he man, man. Brush, yeah. yeah brush your teeth children <laughs> at the end of every episode <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly do you know what i mean heroes take out the garbage in the turnier and they they, yes. they use they use um, they use fast max bin bags to put their garbage in, <laughs> kind of thing. You know, there's like He Man's face, He Man's face on the side. And of course, they've uh, they've just redone Shira, so they brought brought her out to an entire generation. So it'll be interesting to see, interesting to see how kind of that kind of that kind of goes. Yeah, but Dungeons and Dragons really like the cartoon. I think towards the end they started to kind of turn Venger into some kind of misunderstood. Bad guy? Yeah. Well, I think he is Dungeon Master's son. Look, he's, uh, if I remember oh, rightly, really? he's, his, he's his estranged son. I didn't know that. It's very exciting. I did not know that. There you go. So there is a, there's, there is a recording on YouTube where they got most of the actors back together yeah. just to do the audio 
just for that last episode because they only missed one episode and the last episode they all get the chance to go home and Venger helps them. I reckon I reckon there's a they probably had the scripts and all that anyway if it was a couple of weeks out. They probably you know, I mean it would have taken a while to record these things, so they probably had the scripts lying about for ages, but Yeah. Oh my word, yeah. that means Yeah, they had the scripts. We um we you realise we have to put the, the link to that YouTube video in the show. Oh. I don't have to find that for you I, now. I don't up to you. It's entirely up to you. It's entirely up to you. I don't think. I don't know if everybody really wants to hear that. I don't that. know if it, will there be somebody out there that goes that will be kind of delighted about about kind of finding it and and realizing that was the end. Because I remember um, being very happy about that cartoon, but oddly feeling dissatisfied. And maybe that was because there was never ever a last um, yeah. episode. But I guess that's how the BBC used to run it. You know, they just replay it again and again and again and again because they they bought the rights to to kind of show it. So you're out in the wilderness, staying away from the tabletop. I take it you're doing more exciting things with yourself. Yeah, well, you know, falling in love multiple times, yep. crying, um, <laughs> crying multiple times. You know, the usual, the usual adolescent stuff. Yeah. Um. So. It it all kind of went by the wayside. I didn't. I don't even really play computer games very much. But um, my kids playing computer games kind of showed me the light and tried to bring them back into social behaviour. So I started buying some games, and then I got addicted. And even today, I bought. What did I buy today? I bought oh uh, Magic Maze today. Yes. Um, and I pretend it's for them, but oh. you know. That I keep. I just go. Oh, I wonder if the kids will like this one, and so um, <laughs> I've ordered that one. Gloomhaven. But it's uh, they. I have so. I bought over a hundred. So this has started a couple of years ago, mm. maybe three ish years ago, and I've got well over a hundred board games now, of which uh, I would say ten or twenty haven't been played. I take some out to take photos to put on Instagram, mm. um, and force the kids to sit in the background trying to look happy. <laughs> I bet they must like that. It's like, Dad, Dad, I want to be on my tablet. You're not allowed to play Cross Your Road on your tablet. Get over here and let's look happy. Let's yeah. not pretend that electronics is, exist at all. Get ready for your Instagram picture. What filter do, what filter do you think I should use? You know, how many how many reblogs and likes do you think we'll get of this little bad boy? Magic Me. Have you read the rules for Magic Me? Well, I haven't got the game yet. I just I saw um, online reviews from certain American celebrity. All right, and he really liked it. So, it's you read the. Am I allowed to mention your competition here? I mean, oh, there's I, no, I no comp- there's no there's no there's no competition. I don't think anybody would like to put themselves alongside us and mention they're connected <laughs> to us in any way, shape, or form. I don't think there's anyone. You, you don't feel challenged. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone that's going to try and be like us. Oh my word! <laughs> I'd probably, if I met them, I'd probably give them a good cuddle in the corridor and say, "There, there, it's okay. You'll get round to it." You know, who was it? Who was it you saw? Oh, it was Tim Vassell. Oh, Tom Vassell. I just said Tim. Hey, Tom. Yeah. Hey, How dare he? <laughs> Traitor. With his disgusting opinions about the end of board game shops. It's, yeah, he got in trouble for that. He seemed to have a run. Of kind of opening his opening his mouth to change feet, <laughs> poor Tom. He kind of did He wasn't able to he, do anything I, right for a while. 
Well, he kind of has a point, I suspect. I, uh, cafes, I think, still have. But I've seen a couple of cafes try to open, but then people go in there and they don't, they don't spend any money. So then they all go under. Yeah. I heard a couple. There was one in um, Preston that went under quite recently. I think there was, an, uh, there was a couple um, I heard that just um, just closed the doors quite recently. And I think it's... Um, while we like to think... I guess the tabletop hobby is growing and it's worth so many millions. I guess um, that's very localised and it can be quite online-ish, I guess. And I guess for a cafe... Well, it's the long tail. Yeah, you need kind of passing trade, don't you? You need people kind of interested. Yeah, yeah, interesting thing about Magic Maze is your kids are going to love it because you're not allowed to talk. I think that might be one of the reasons why I went for it. It was cooperative, so yeah. I just thought I'd give give that another go. I loved the um, Forbidden Island, Forbidden Desert. Yeah. That worked well with them. I haven't got the new one, Forbidden Rocket Sky. Sky. I think it's called. Yeah. It's the one where you build the rocket. It's got like a nice little circuit thing you've got to kind of yeah. put together. And then when you do it, it, the rocket doesn't blast off. It just sits there. Just, <laughs> it lights up a bit. Disappointingly. Makes that nee noise you used to get when you used to get really old stuff with batteries. It was meant to be electronic and exciting. That was a big disappointment. I remember right. the Millennium Falcon, the electronic edition of that, and try to fire oh, yeah. laser guns, and it just went beep beep. I was like, yeah. Millennium Falcon never made, made noises like that. So your venture into the hobby has more been a case of now as opposed to kind of yes. previously then, yeah. And this is, I think, you'll see, well, the the games that I gravitate towards are theoretically to entertain non-gamers, so I'm definitely at the lighter end of the market. Um, although, you know, I, I have a hankering for things like Gloomhaven, but I, I really don't think I'll ever be able to get them out. I think um, me and Colin um, had discussions about Gloomhaven, and um, he got it. He backed the the latest version of it, and then he he's played yeah. he's played the first scenario kind of three times, and he's never been able to get forward because that's a commitment type thing. And I know people that either yeah. they say right, okay, today we're today <laughs> we're playing Gloomhaven from midnight through to midnight because I think <laughs> this week, yeah, exactly this week <laughs> it's October. <laughs> this week I've been mostly eating tara masalata. Um, <laughs> Anyway, and if you get that, then congratulations. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's like Gloomhaven's one of these things. Interestingly enough, a game I've been playing mostly recently has been Root because yeah, very easy to get into. Is it? Is it? Oh, is it okay? Yeah? yeah. I don't think. I'll put it on my list. Yeah, it's probably going to be quite difficult to get hold of, but... Um, We've played it. I think it's the first game because normally at the club, and I don't know about I don't know about yourself, but normally I try to get a game that's kind of quite easy to learn, or I try and get a game that's learned as much as possible, and then I get to the club, and then I forget on everything that Rodney Smith said to me, and then I have to sit there for an hour and a half going through the rules again. But do you? Uh, and then it's home time. <laughs> exactly, and then you get half a session played. So. Um, Roots, no, Roots um, seems to be, apart from maybe, as with all things, some kind of interpretation of the rules um, with these things, it was, um, it's always been 
It's always been kind of good fun. So, is you, I mean, is your shelf, is it full of, I mean, do you hanker after something with the the depth and the, let's face it, the commitment that's required for Gloomhaven, but you've ended up kind of going towards your um, your lighter games of this yeah. world, your kind of arena games yeah. and I mean, Sky I, and stuff. I do enjoy I do enjoy the lighter games, but that's partly I guess you know the experience of playing it with family. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, deep down, you know, Dungeons and Dragons haunts my marrow, <laughs> and in the end, I want to get them back towards you know those that sort of. Cloud. I've got them up to what are we? They, they really enjoying um, Hero Realms, Star Realms, and then the new the newer one, Hero yeah, Realms. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've just bought the campaign, which we haven't opened yet, but which we which arrived the other day. So I'm hoping that you, you know easy steps will get them into into these things. Mm-hmm. But it's difficult because they they're just on their on their bloody machines, watching YouTube videos of other people playing computer games. Oh my word! Yeah, what's, what's his name? Stampy Longhead. Yeah, well, they're getting older now, the kids. So you know, he's old hat. They're they're what eleven and thirteen. All oh, right, so they are past their stampy. No, I mean to put it to one side, stampy. I think he was amazing. He's a really really nice guy, and I've got nothing against him at all because he has managed to take. Let's face yep. it, playing Super Mario Odyssey or Skylanders, and he's managed to make a career out of doing that, and he's obviously making some money, and he's. He sounds like he's having a hell of a lot, a hell of a good time. He sounds like a perpetually happy chap. Um, but then you get that borderline stuff. What your kids? What do your kids kind of check out on YouTube now? Um, I try and stay away from what they're watching as much as possible. <laughs> they're 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 beginning. They're they're touching on the Fortnite mm. stuff. I know. But it's there's all sorts of games. I don't know. I, I can't remember what they're playing. I just I, and what they're watching. I, my only worry is that my um, when my five year old's watching YouTube, it's like he's only one algorithm away from stepping into something that he shouldn't be watching. At I know all. that that's 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 the worry because YouTube does spiral out of control, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, if you don't if you don't manage it, and you can't put the the safety filters on because they're. They stop everything. You can't watch anything at all. I know, I know. No, I found out recently was um, but he finally discovered a channel, um, where the guy was doing the stunts. Um, he was doing different stunts from different films. He was like, "Oh, here's the stunts from Spider-Man: Homecoming," and he was in like one of these um, ball pit arenas. You have the ones with the trampolines and everything. So he's doing like the the stunts over the over the the horses and into the sponge pits, and he's doing a fantastic job, kind of copying everything that's happening. And then he hurt himself, and he dropped the f bomb. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh well, I can't. You know, my son can't possibly watch this <laughs> anymore." Wow. But it was just like it was just a one-off. Up until then, everything had been fantastic. I'd been like, "Well, here's the stunts of Black Panther," and you're just like, "You're you're actually impressed." He's doing kind of like uh, um, all this free running and stuff like that, and it's impresses. And then he just drops one swear word, and it's like, "Well, I can't, I can't possibly let you kind of kind of watch that, watch that anymore." But- do you not try and put them onto the YouTube kind of playthrough videos for board games then? Have you tried to kind of go down that way? Um, if I get too um, aggressive with what <laughs> I decide they watch, they're only going to rebel harder. I'm The softly, softly approach is working. Just the sheer, the fact that 
all the DVD collection has disappeared and been replaced by board games. And there's board games on every shelf mm. and on every book and covering almost every loose surface now. I just think it's gonna by osmosis they'll <laughs> they'll get it they'll get into it. <laughs> it's uh, uh, do you know what? Um, in all fairness, it's kind of happened to it's happened to us kind of recently, only because um, we. <clears throat> We sat, we sat down one day and we went, well, if he's not, if he's not watching, can it maybe something on YouTube on his tablet, then he's playing, he's watching something on Netflix or he's playing the Nintendo Switch. And I was like, we need to do something where we, he's just mm-hmm. sitting there himself, interacting with no one except himself. And he's just being fed this information without the brain side of stuff. So, um, we got him into, um, we started playing Pokemon. Which people will scream out and say, that's terrible, it's Pokemon, you can't do it, Pokemon, it's a start, because it's me and him. And we did it today, yep. sitting across from each other, kind of um, playing. I had that with Skylanders, yeah. Skylanders and our kids, and it, it became more social. And nowadays, I mean, even with Fortnite, they're not as antisocial as the games were no. even five years ago, right? No, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, my only thing with Fortnite is there doesn't seem to be, because it's this one against everybody kind of thing. I don't know. I don't get Fortnite. I don't understand it. No, I, don't. I think I think you can form gangs. So you mm. can, you know, if you're online chatting with your friends over your headphones, um, you can form a group and then go against other people. You can, you know, you can turn it into anything you like, really. Yeah, yeah. I just scare me. I mean, you got. Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> But you're not in the same room, but then that's the thing that I I like with board games, well, a glass of wine or a beer. <laughs> but they they're not ready for that yet. I think do you know what I think. Um, what we've done is we played um, we played Escape from Atlantis together. We played um, Rampage, which is now called Terror in Meeple City. Together, we've played yeah. versions of Catacombs, the dexterity game. game. So we've played that all together. So. But everybody gets involved and everybody's playing together and the screen's off to one side and not even the telly's on in the background and it's kind of yeah. kind of fantastic. So today we played, and what I'll do is I'll take maybe one of the comp- more complicated games that looks fantastic and looks nice and shiny, but we'll kind of we'll strim out all of the the complicated kind of rules, I guess. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we we've done. You've got all those dexterity games, and we we love playing um, in a bind. What's it called now? Yogi yes. by Bez. Yes. Yeah. So um, I've got a signed copy. She signed that for me. Um, very nice. Um, and we play that. We take that on holiday, and you end up on you know seeing friends yeah. somewhere on a holiday. And then their kids don't know what to do because nobody's brought anything for the kids to do and everybody's banned them from their computer games. Exactly. And I just get that out and they're so happy. I know. And I think that's important because it kind of reminds you. I mean, ugh, this is ridiculous, but if you're looking back to when you and me were growing up, you always had something to do. You'd take an activity book with you or something or you would just run about. Yep. You'd run about and you would play like... Um, you play games, you'd make up games and stuff like that. You wouldn't necessarily... It sounds terrible. It sounds like I'm filling myself with rose-tinted nostalgia. But I guess, you know, <laughs> you give us like a couple of, you know, a couple of empty toilet roll holders and a, you know, a cardboard box. We're building a car, Yost. We're building luxury, a car. Luxury, luxury. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a cardboard box? Two cardboard boxes. <laughs> well, we had string as well. What? Real string? <laughs> 
<laughs> you were lucky. Um, <laughs> I just never was going to be what. <laughs> <laughs> we, used to go, we used to get up half an hour before we go to bed. <laughs> and, and, and Dad would chop us up with a knife. He'd bait us with an inch of a life. He'd resurrect us in the morning and we'd do it all again. Um, you were lucky. Um, but no, I mean, that's what it's like, like. And I totally see that. I mean, um, I've taken... King Domino's a big one for us. I mean, we all like. Oh, okay. I mean, we all like. Um, I think the number of times I have taken a copy of King Domino somewhere, and my son, um, both of them, they all know the rules like really, really well, and it's really, really easy to take. Because this is the thing, right? If you, if I take like say King Domino to an adult and say, "Do you want to play this?" We're like, "What's that?" It's like, "What well, is it like Domino's?" Well, I'm like, oh, "Don't like Domino's. Domino's is rubbish." But if I like put it like in front of like a seven, eight year old kid and say right this is a game this is how you play it and they get it so quickly and the next thing you know they're getting their strategies together and the number of times I've played King Domino um, and I know why it won awards because it's so sim- simple but from an accessibility yeah. point of view it's absolutely it's absolutely brilliant yeah and they do get it they are very quick it, if they see a long complicated rule book they'll run a mile but you know if, yeah it's got the yeah, it's it's pretty enough to to draw them in, isn't it? Yeah, and King it's Dominic. and it's it's yeah. one of these things you can teach them, and f- you can teach them the core fundamentals of it within ten, five ten minutes. And yeah, it's and then watch them learn yeah. strategy. Oh, yeah, it's just fant- It's just kind of fantastic. Is there anything that you're kind of um, <clears throat> you're lusting after at the moment? I mean, you mentioned obviously there's the practical balance between the games you can actually play and the games that you actually want. So is there any games that's kind of piquing your interest that you've went, oh, really, I would love to love to get a hold of that? What? Um, the, uh, well, I just generally, well, we'll have a look, but um, I quite was interested in Robo Rally. I don't, I haven't seen it, but my son is um, quite into computer programming and things. Oh, so yeah. I thought maybe Robo Rally and things. He's 11. I don't know if he's old enough. Have you played that? Um, I've not, but I have played Mechs versus Minions, which people ah, say yeah. is very, very um, similar in terms. Same programming thing. You select a, um, select like four or five commands, and then you work them along. And um, yeah, and it's it's just like that. It's just like it's just like I've heard it's very, very similar to Robo Rally. But yeah, I think the thing with Robo Rally is I don't know how difficult or how easy it is to get hold of because I know it was the it was kind of like a, a kind of a platinum cardboard darling in that yeah. it was like yeah, I know. difficult to find. And every version's considerably different from other ones, I heard. So yeah. you have to kind of be careful. You have to almost antiques roadshow it and look for the specialist market to see if it's the proper one, <laughs> the proper one that you want. Um, um, and then Clank. I've, yeah. I've, oh, see, I'm, I'm aching for Clank. Well, probably Clank in space now, but. Um, that push your luck stuff, I kind of, I've, it works for me. Clank was another one of these games that um, has very, has very many. It's got um, layers. It's kind of new. Oh, so I'm going to go Shrek, aren't I? It's on, <laughs> it's like an onion. It's got layers, um, <laughs> but it's very, very nuanced game in terms of you know somebody says okay, just go down there, see how much noise you can get. If you make too much noise, the dragon will come and get you, kind of thing. But then there's all the yeah. different various little. I I I remember we had a a very very good teacher who um, 
taught us about how to play um how to play Clank and it made the entire game such a joy to learn and enjoy to play. I don't know if Clank in Space is any if it measures up. I'm assuming it I'm assuming it does. Um, yeah, I mean I've heard that it's similar with a couple of mm-hmm. bits ironed out, so I don't know. But yeah. maybe for Christmas we'll see. Yeah, yeah. With as an aside, because you are a parent, because we're both obviously parents, is the cost of board games, does that kind of put you off as well? And you kind of weigh up the cost of a board game next to maybe the cost of, say, them getting a pack on Fortnite or something like that. Um, is that. Is that to you becoming a bit more of an issue in terms of... I think... I've noticed it on Kickstarter, yeah. but I, I, I'm wondering if it's because it's the hobby market that people are aiming at and people are less price sensitive. Yeah. Um, and I've been very careful um, when we get around to, with um, on Frisball because I'm not aiming at that market particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm aiming at people who don't buy games normally. So I'm comparing my game to a bottle of wine in a restaurant or yeah. a round of drinks or things like that. Yeah. And, you know, that market, they're scared if anything is over £20. And you're like, well, you go to the cinema and it's 50, 60. Tell me about um, and But they don't draw those comparisons, do they? So it it's that's difficult. And then I'm watching the hobby market. I, I backed a few games. I even backed... Uh, oh, no. See, because it's a year ago when I backed it... Um, Monster Slaughter. Do you remember Monster Slaughter was on? I backed that because I'm a horror fan, and they, yeah. it's, you play this. They play the side of the horror families trying to kill uh-huh. the idiots in the yeah, yeah. in the cabin. Now that was seventy five dollars, but nowadays you're just seeing these games, and they're all a hundred dollars plus, aren't they? So yeah, and with the exchange rates, gets, and yeah, exchange. and the miniatures look pretty. Yeah. Um. So yeah, as I say, I'm addicted, and I've I've pared back a little bit from what I what I have been doing. I think you're totally right. Because otherwise, you, you can spend thirty thirty pounds. You know, you can buy a board game a week easily, and that that gets very expensive. And you can it? back you can back technically you can easily back two or three a day. I mean, and they're yeah. not. I mean, and they're just. I kind of like being a member of so many board game groups, and all I get all the time is, um, look. This one's coming out. Look, this one's coming out, or this has been out, or look at this. Kind of back this, and I've actually had to kind of be very, very selective, and almost yep. kind of think: Do I need another nice-looking miniatures game in my life? Because I was thinking about was it Dark Souls, and um, my mate Steve, yep. he says, "Oh, um, you got Dark Souls." He says, "Yeah." He says, "Well, the." The um, all the expansions have turned up at X Y Z games or whatever, and I was like, "Oh right, okay." So I didn't have to go to all the trouble of putting in a maxi huge pledge because I could have just hold off, held off, and picked and chose what I wanted at the time. So it's a bit of a yeah. It's just mm, especially Kickstarter. Can I pay pay for now something that I might not be getting for for a year? It's difficult. It's just the cost. Yeah. I think some of your guests have said it as before. As, oh, you might have been you actually. You know, if you if it's a year before it's arrived, mm. then you kind of forgotten about it, and the reason why you bought it is kind of forgotten. And something arrives, and you're like, what, what, what is this again? Can't remember. Why did I like this? And then the other thing with Kickstarter as well, and I think this is going to become more and more with you getting more games on the Kickstarter market. 
is that an idea which was relatively new, you know, new, interesting, exciting, by the time that Kickstarter yeah. turns up, somebody might have potentially been able to do that, do something different, do something kind of similar, you know, do something that was yeah. a bit more exciting. I think that's kind of what happened with Root to me. It's kind of taking me down a completely different kind of market. I got Root and somebody says, oh, that's just a war, that's just a war game with woodland animals. And I was like, no, it's not. And he says, yeah. He says, you, put, you run this side by side with a lot of war games and how they play. And Root's kind of right up there. And I was like, oh. I hope that doesn't mean I'm a war game. I'm not a war game. I'm not one of these. Oh, I need to better, better go and contact Katie at Katie's Game Corner and ask for my copy of Twilight Struggle if that's going to be the kind of the, be the kind of case. Um, but how do you go from for yourself? I mean, obviously, busy life. You got a job. You got to put roof over the head, bread on the table, keep the kids happy, and everything like that. Um. How do you then go into the kind of the creation side of things? When did you kind of sit down and think, actually, I like this enough. I think I'll, I'm just gonna I'm gonna try and make something. I'm gonna try and create something myself. I mean, how did that come into come into its own? Way? Well, um, I've always I've always had a little bit of that creativity. I mean, if you're going to be a dungeon master as a kid, you you have that to begin with because you're creating. <laughs> <laughs> You're creating a world, right? I'm thinking swimming. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was a bright red swimming cap as well. I couldn't find a pink one, so it it didn't work. <laughs> Where's Santa going? He's swimming. What happened to the rest of his legs? He fell off. <laughs> um, but with when it came to the kids, one of the first games we got was Munchkin. Yeah, and. I I like Munchkin. It's fine. It's good. They really liked it. Mm. Um, but I then immediately had you know the vision of Munchkin, but as a dungeon crawl. So actually evolving a space as you moved around it, and it and we're all creative deep down. I'm finance in my main job, which is very dull until I'm being creatively financed. Mm. Um, say no more. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think like many people, everybody has these creative instincts and I just went with it because I have the kids and then I try and bring them in because I want them to kind of be creative and kids are so creative that I then try to encourage that with them and I ended up, you know, creating my first. So I go to um, the playtest I'm in London and I'm in the playtest group with lots of these mm -hmm. proper designers. Um, well, they're, they're, it's it's wonderful. It's, they're so friendly. It's amazing. But, you know, I brought that along. So this first dungeon crawl that I'd come up with, and obviously they tore it to bits. But many people only go once. And, of course, when they did that, I just... I took the bait and I just started coming up with other game ideas that I'd had at various points. <laughs> you did decide you'd like quit and folk were like that. Oh, oh come, we've got rid of him. Come, but then back. I came back with another game. What did he come back yeah. for? We need to be nastier with him next time kind of thing. Yeah. And so I've, I've have, oh, well now I coming up with game ideas. Isn't, a, isn't a problem generally. Mm -hmm. um, it's, one of those things where everybody has ideas. The trick is to write them down and then sometimes to blend two together into something that's even better and just try and shape them. 
So being creative wasn't ever the issue. Yeah. It's the application. It's the same with myself. It's like I'll get somebody on the show. Like, you know, when Jeremy was on and we came up with a weather gods game. Yeah, that that was brilliant. <laughs> I was writing notes <laughs> at all. <laughs> you know, third person that's kind of like, guys, oh, that weather gods game? That says like I am the god of fog. <laughs> exactly. A light mist. <laughs> I'm the god of slight frost. It's not slippy enough to do damage <laughs> to you when you fall, but it's slippy enough to cause that annoying, really hard frost in the car. <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I got a couple of folks saying, oh, that's, that sounds like a really, really good idea. And I was like, yes, I know, but I am, I, I, I'm one of, I have like 20, 30 ideas, kind of like a month, but I say, oh, yeah, it could be, I don't know, it could be, um, pushing a wheelbarrow. <laughs> You're pushing a wheelbarrow down the street, you're going to be collecting different things, and then what you have to do is you have to decide it's a wheelbarrow race, so the idea is do you collect stuff because you win more points for collecting more stuff at the end, or do you keep your stuff lighter so you can continue and win the race kind of quicker? And you've got to balance your wheelbarrow left and right, otherwise it'll flip over. Exactly, exactly, there's a whole thing, and you can wear different shoes, you can decide to wear wellies, which will slow you down (laughs) at the very, very beginning, but when you get over the rougher ground, if you're going over Auntie Mabel's back garden, it means like she always keeps the place a little bit wetter than normal, so, you know, but you get extra That's when the clown shoes Exactly, the clown shoes, they're not very good, but they're funny. Um... (laughs) But you know, so I have ideas like that. I'm absolutely focused. What you should do that, and I was like, "Yeah, I know." But then it's sitting down, and my difficulty is having the kind of the time. So when I speak to somebody like you, and you're saying, "Well, actually, this is what you need to do," you know, I'm going to the playtest stuff, and you're going back after you get kind of um, torn apart. Did you did you go any further? With the dungeon game, is that being worked on, or have you? That's that's on that did it slightly, but <laughs> you come up with other ideas, and I'm learning. I mean, that I had no idea at that point, and you are learning and listening to podcasts. A lot of these, a lot of people, and a lot of blogs are very good at helping you through the morass and what will work and what is likely to be a dead end. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the trick is write it down, and then that testing group gives me the discipline to try and put something on a table yeah um and you know very few of them come out more than once but at the same point it's all building up and you'll go back to something you did six months ago and you've got a new angle on it yeah and it's always they're always getting better but then you have the problem which a lot of people talk about, which is you can constantly be tweaking games. You, In the end, you have to put something out, right? That's my fear. You have to go for it. That's my fear, is that, and I've mentioned this before, that I, 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 I am an art. I have done art. I have drawn art. I draw art for people. There's a lot of my friends that have pictures that I have drawn of them as various video game characters, film characters, whatever. I, I like to draw people. It's, it's kind of like a hobby of mine. Um... But I am the world's worst for continuing to work on something, even though it's obvious it's finished. Do you know what I mean? I did a picture of a dog. I did a picture of two dogs. They're dogs. (laughs) But I was going like, oh, this fur here, I need to work. Oh, this fur doesn't look in the right direction. So I was working away on it. Far beyond what I should have been doing. Far beyond should have been doing. And my, my sphere about doing a game is that I start something and you'll never, ever 
really see the final result because I'll take playtesting and I'll take it away and I'll keep tweaking forever and ever and ever yeah. and ever. And you'll, you'll never get two playtesters to agree either. So No, I know. Is it difficult kind of having that kind of feedback from people who are kind of, I guess, br- they can be quite brutal? I mean, is it... No, I prefer it. Well, I, I'm Dutch, so... Right, okay. Deep down, I, I prefer the bluntness. I've got a thick enough skin. Uh-huh. Um, and I understand. Uh, they are very nice. Um, yeah. And so even when they're being brutal, they're trying to be nice. Yeah. And I've obviously got the same thing because I'm feeding back on other people. And I do apologize to them beforehand because I can be quite blunt. But, you know, if, you, if you're not going to be honest with them, then it's never going to... They'll never have, or I won't ever have a game that's going to get anywhere yeah and it's always they're they're nearly always right and you can always disagree and ignore you know one or two but if two or three people do say the same thing then you know there's an underlying problem with the game (laughs) and you've got to shelve it and my my trick is i've got enough games so i just shelve it and then come back to it a month or two later and have another look do you generally concentrate on one kind of kind of genre or do you I mean, no, how- um, I'm, I, I go the opposite way. I, I try and give myself some sort of constraint mm. and go for a type of game. So um, I've just been signed up by Buttonshy mm-hmm. for a micro game. Right. And that was me, me challenging myself to do a game. And I wanted to do a party game. So it was a party game that was with 18 cards or less. Um. And you have lots of different things that you throw in the bin. And in the end, um, I entered the uh, Button Shy contest. This was two years ago, mm-hmm. not last, not the last one, but the one before. Mm-hmm. And it didn't win, but um, Jason Tagmeyer contacted me afterwards and said he really liked the game. And then we've worked on it. We brought it down to nine cards for a party game. That's amazing. Um, so that's, you know, and it's the constraint. So, you know, another game... I will say I want to do a game and I'll just give myself an object. And, you know, a lot of these things don't work, but if it, that's how I get the creative juices going, I guess. Yeah. See me, and then yeah. you'll get, you'll get ideas and they won't all work, but you write them down and occasionally I scan through all the old ideas and something triggers. I think the thing about board games is that, um, you're always going to potentially be hitting what other people are doing as well. And I think you just have to, I think you have to run with it. I think there's, I think there's a finite, it's not yeah, a there's, finite there's ideas. Nice, I think there'll be mechanics. I think the good thing about board games is we're not kind of patenting things and copyright. Well, obviously we copyright certain things, but you can't kind of patent or copyright kind of mechanics, which I think is a good thing. Otherwise it'd only be about kind of, kind of three or four games. Do you have a big list? Then? Yeah, I wonder if that I wonder if that will be a problem later on when the whole mm. market matures and people will just rip off other people's games. But at the moment, it's small enough that you'll ruin your reputation if you do something like that. Yeah, I think there was obviously that recent one with that um, that game that turned out wasn't a game at all on Kickstarter that it copied the massive darkness rules or something like that. Yeah, but I still think there's a chance. Word for word, know? yeah, page for page. <laughs> it's like, oh, I felt so sorry. I didn't. You know, I didn't feel sorry for the for the person because they were obviously trying to pull a fast one over everybody. Yeah. But I think um, 
you kind of you have to admire the absolute stupidity of obviously that stumbled into a hobby where <laughs> there are going to always be people who are going to you put a rule book out there and people there are going to be people who are going to be straight into that rule book to check everything because they're just again yeah. they're just double checking to see is this a game that I kind of want to play is this a game that I kind of want to get kind of get involved in um, what's your list looking at the moment then for your kind of your development list you know have you got how many games would you oh. say you've got on the go? Is it 10? Is it 20? I have... I've probably got 10 constantly going. I've, I've shelved so many ideas recently because I've been trying to focus... Because that's the problem. You, If you have a new idea, that's the new shiny toy, and then mm. you play with that rather than developing some of the old ones. So I've deliberately been trying to avoid things. But I have, yeah, at least 10. At least 10 games. I've got... Um, Island, an island earthquake game. I have a racing car ruler game. I have four or five card games. Um, yeah, there's too many. And the trick is to focus <laughs> because, as, yeah, it's, it's shiny. There's this island. Yes. Yeah, so this island, I came up with an island earthquake game and I knew I shouldn't look at it. And I've actually built an entire prototype out of cardboard and printed out covers and spent ages cutting with scissors and things like that um and then i've put that to one side and i haven't touched it since i've finished building it because otherwise i'd never get anything else done yeah and then you've got and that's yeah that's the thing with this game yeah that i now have this frisbee i i had an ambition january the first i said by the end of this game i want by the end of this year i want to have had one kickstarter and one game published so and that's you, you know, in the end you have to have that focus and the other things will come is it important do you think to kind of break your kickstarter i was going to say duck it is to me you know and i i mean you you use up some favors i mean uh, several many of the the copies i mean it's a small kickstarter i think i've sold it's uh i'm aiming to sell 100 and i think i've sold 90 something like 90 mm -hmm. so i'm nearly there and hopefully by the time this goes out i'll be past 100 percent um but those are you know a lot of those are playtesters because i took it to the park mm -hmm. and the playtesters i have are members of the public because that's the, the market i'm going for so I, I took it to the park and got families to play and things like that and then i said if you like it send me your email address and then amazingly, lots of these people, I think, well, I'm not 100% sure, have, have then backed me. I'll find out when when I find out who they are. Because at the moment, well, on Kickstarter, if they sign in as a guest, you don't know any details. Yeah, yeah. But And a lot of them have bought two, which is the other. I think I'm, I'm averaging one and a half per, per buyer. So they obviously really liked it. That's amazing. But then I think, you know, as we said, we talked about this um, when... We spoke with um, Chandler um, from Crowdox, and he was saying that um, generally tabletop's unusual because it is, seems to be the only place where you get kind of people being repeat backers, you know, in yeah. the tabletop and, space, you know. And also, uh, which I've seen as well on Kickstarter with the tabletop stuff, if you haven't sold 100% in the first couple of days, you're in all sorts of trouble. Yeah. And I'm not seeing that with mine. I mean, I got 50% after three days, mm -hmm. but I'm still climbing. And I'm now, 
what, 11, 12 days in, I'm a couple of weeks in, yeah. and I'm not at 100%, but I'm confident I'll get there because it's still, you know, just marching on. And a lot of people don't understand. They're like, oh, well, if it finishes on, you know, in October, when is it, 23rd, then, you know, I'll just wait till close to then, payday's coming, I'll, I'll wait till then. And they don't have that same, I'm trying to, <laughs> because I've, I've, I've said, you know, if I don't get a decent amount quickly then you haven't got the momentum but i'm not really suffering from that and i think it's a different market that i'm looking at yeah yes i think i think it's a steady i think um tabletop seems to be the only place where and i've seen this continuously and i'm not going to go into i'm going to go into it very quickly but just oh you're not funded within the first 48 hours you're in a lot of trouble yeah. boys and then the part of me is like see but i've seen a lot of um campaigns that have steadily funded up until kind of like the last minute. I mean, the most recent one was, um, I'm just trying to think, was it um, Dice Summoners? Um, oh, yeah. Who, uh, I, you know what, yeah. I, I went on record and I said, I think I said in my preview, you know, when I played the game, I was like, oh, I really, really like this game. But then when I met them, I really, really liked the people, which made me kind of go, I really, really hope they fund. And they have funded, but they've actually been one of these guys that they've just slow and steady kind of won the race they kind of they've not had the big they had the flourish at the beginning and then they've kind of steady along and i must admit there was part of me that was kind of like oh i really really hope i really really yeah. hope they fund and then they have and now it's all of a sudden take a massive jump but i mean normally you'd be like well i'm looking at who else have we looked at the Stonebound Saga, and that was the expansion, um, the second, they're doing an expansion to it. So it's not the main game, but they're selling an expansion. So at the beginning they were kind of like, people again were saying, well, why, why isn't this funded? Um, and I remember Martin Poole actually bringing it up and saying, this game looks fantastic, why hasn't it funded? And I was like, mm. I kind of said, well, does it really matter if it doesn't fund within the first 48 hours? Is this where we kind of are? Because it doesn't not end you people having like a lower target, and I've said this so many times before, but they are basically, um, they're about a $1,000 away from funding, so they're definitely going to fund. The thing's going to get made, and people are going to get it in their hands, but there's always ones that are kind of kind of confusing. Um, Frizzbulls <coughs> doesn't seem confusing yeah. at all, though. It seems <laughs> very, very... I couldn't, I couldn't make anything simpler, really. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I kind of looked at it, and I went, I've seen this, and then I went, I haven't seen it. This is, this is, this is easy. From what, okay, I, I, I would ask you to explain it, but I think if I explained it, and if I explain it wrong, I shouldn't be able to explain it wrong. But it is Then I have a problem. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not very clever. Um, anyway, so, you know, me not being able to explain something correctly is hardly a measurement of whether or not something is explainable in the first place, let's be perfectly honest about this, Your Honour. Um, the Frisbills is essentially, it's discs. It's kind of discs which are about, say, about four, three and a half, four inches across. And what you do is yep. you've got one that's marked Jack, and that's not because it's like a collection of boys and girls' names. And, um, it's you throw the jack out, and then the idea is that you've got to get closest to the jack by throwing other discs at the jack. Except there's two jacks, I believe. You put them out, um, and the team you got, you know, the, you've got two different teams, and they try and get closest to the jacks, and then 
If not, you've got little extra additional bits like you switch colours round. So if somebody hits a switch colour disc, all the teams all of a sudden are hitting for the similar colours. The idea is you just you set it up in a park. You set it up in a place where you've got maybe about eight to ten feet of space. And then you've got something that you just chuck it. You've got little discs that you chuck at other discs. And whoever yeah. gets closest to the discs kind of wins. And it's that kind of simple. Is it? It's is pretty it? much. I mean, it was. it's meant to be a portable version of Boule mm-hmm. or Patank. Any of the, you know those games with mm-hmm. the metal balls yeah. where like lawn bowls sort of thing, but you're throwing. Mm-hmm. You're throwing you, the, but it's more portable. Um, so to do that, I made discs rather than balls. And then when, as soon as you have discs, you can have one side for each color. So if it lands your color up, then you, that counts for you. And then because I've got discs, you can write an extra rule on each one. So that's the twist that makes it fun for the families uh-huh. is you pick up a disc and it says, throw this while pretending to be a pirate, throw this standing on one leg, hop, jump. Um, be a, pretend to be a zombie. You've come back from the dead to throw this disc. Be a robot. Things like that. So every disc has its own little silly bit of acting that you know the kids just that that's what really works. And I I took it on holiday just because that originally we t- I took it on holiday just for us. I made it for the family, and all these families would other other people on the holiday would always you know kind of gravitate towards us. Their kids would kind of start staring at us from the side, and then you'd say you can play if you yeah. sign these sign these permission slips and things. Really, you had to get people's no, yeah, no, I, <laughs> not on those. But I I haven't. There no. hasn't been a single family that's let me take on photos. Of no their kids photos playing. at all. Yeah, exactly. You can imagine no. that. Oh my word, that's a whole different type oh. of. Oh dear. But you can imagine it's like yeah. um, I don't don't you take photos if you want, but don't take photos of my game. Otherwise, I'll chase yeah. you down the beach, kind of thing. Um. So, and that's why. And then because of that, you know, it's got that kind of gravitational pull to other families and to kids. Um. And then I, when I was talking to my family as to which of the games I should try and go for Kickstarter this year, that that was the one they said had the most appeal. Um, now that's ended up me marketing it through play and through, you know, just bringing it out there. Cause I don't think people entirely get it and I haven't got the following or anything online. That'll come one day, <laughs> but that's, that's, that's been the buyers for this. So it's people who have played the game and have experienced the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's been gratifying when they then buy more than one copy. Um, I've been trying to sell it for Christmas because originally I wanted to do it in, in May, but I was never going to get it produced in time. So I, al- I already have some copies um, on me now. I've already been manufacturing because yeah. that's the other thing with this market is, as you've been saying, they're not willing to wait a year no. at all. They're, they're no. surprised if they have to wait a month. And I'm trying to now say you'll get it in time for Christmas. Yeah, which is what they kind of want. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine a... Um, Somebody that's really not aware of how Kickstarter works, you know, I'll get it in a year. Well, you're going to be going on holiday with my money or something like that. You, you're going to just imagine the kind of the conversation that's going to kind of kind of come out. Yeah, so come out with that. if you if you tell them you haven't even started manufacturing yet, then <laughs> then <laughs> they glaze over. So <laughs> I've been I've been already manufacturing. I mean, I've I've said I've I'm, I'm limiting, you know, on the teeny chance that it ever took off. I, this is a a prototype first edition sort of thing. Um, so I'm only going to make 
an, an amount that I feel comfortable selling. But I've already had um, 100 delivered. So that's why I made the minimum commitment of 100. And then the rest I can get in by the end of mm. October. Mm-hmm. So I can get it to people by... So what are the what the, the are the November. discs? Are the discs plastic or are they rubber or? They're 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 a wooden core, oh. and then the so I I found a manufacturer of beer mats, so posh beer mats, so leather coasters sort of thing, and it's not real leather, it's fake leather. Yeah, um, and it's that sort of material, and then they've coated the edges in a in a plastic, so it's waterproof, and then they've embossed it with gold gold embossments. That's so amazing. Why? Yeah, I looked at I looked at laser printing on on because my prototypes were all wood. Yeah. And then I looked at laser printing; it's just too expensive. And I'm you know I'm aiming at a mass market, so I said I really didn't want it to be more than thirty pounds. It's thirty three, and then it would retail at forty, I guess, if I ever managed to. I'm making a loss on these, but if I ever managed to get it to take off and you start getting a few thousand copies, then obviously the production costs come down. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just, I'm standing here, because I stand when I record, um, like I do when I salute. Um, I now I now have a vision, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to have a, Do you know what? I was I told you I was recording, um, I recorded with Gabe Barrett. And Gabe, Gabe has his camera, and the way my setup is, is that my recording PC is actually on the shelf below me. My mic is in my games cupboard. So the mic is on a game, and it's on a shelf in my games cupboard, which is about me height. And there's a bit of carpet that I hang on the door opposite the microphone to kind of get rid of all the noise, which people don't Yeah, make. I've got... I've got all sorts of stuff hanging the, off doors in there. <laughs> but the PC is on the shelf below, so if I've got the camera on, you ain't going to see pictures of my face. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying that. That's all I'm just saying. But anyway, no. Um, but that's, I mean, that's that's kind of ex- it's just kind of exciting because it's obviously it's, it's <clears throat> I'm looking at the campaign and the campaign. I mean, it's going to get. It's going to get funded. I mean, this is definitely something that's going to be happening. And you're saying you're retailing it for like um, £33 will kind of get you in the door. And I know of a lot of kids' games that they're going about that price anyway. I mean, depending unless you get the, you know, the, (laughs) I guess the cheap version of Guess Who. Who is it? Kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, Donkey Roo. You know, all these kind of things, you know. Line up for, you know, all those amazing kind of games, which are about 10 hours. To get a kind of like a decent kids game, you are looking at looking around about that price, that price point anyway, especially for stuff that they could play kind of outside and, and kind of take on holidays and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I wanted it to be, uh, what's the word, robust enough that it can mm-hmm. deal with a few years of holidays and being chucked about and things. It's kind of exciting. It's kind of exciting. You got seven. You still got seventeen days to go. You're yeah. almost um, trickling into. Yeah, I've got a couple of. I'm doing a couple of live events. I mean, people. I might do a live event on Kickstarter. I don't really know how that works. How do you get people to watch a live event on Kickstarter? I don't know. I've just, so I've I'm just, just going to do. It. I'm going to go in the park this weekend and play again. I've, you know, I've got some chits with the advert on that they can pick it up afterwards. I just want you we'll to see. see it. I'd like to see you live throwing it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
We want yes. to see what kind of horror story we didn't see. But you'd have to do the thing where you spin around in a circle. And then yeah, there's the a dizzy end, one that yeah, you have to you have to you have to dance in a way that the opposition give you a style of dancing and all sorts of things like that. It, um, it, it was original. Also, I mean, it, I, I this is an expansion, I guess. Is you know, drinking games are thrown in and things like that. Not in this version. There are no drinking <laughs> discs. But finish your drink, <laughs> have a beer, things like that. Ages four and up. Rule number one: hand out. Hand out copious amounts of vodka to all players. Yeah. <laughs> just imagine that. Everybody take a shot. <laughs> Everybody take a shot. <laughs> just see the things now. My seven-year-old and nine-year-old <laughs> went and took apart <laughs> a local bus stop with your toy. <laughs> yes. Is it, it? Are you in the situation, though, where... Uh, is it kind of like if you then move into the tabletop space? And what I mean by this is... You're saying your audience at the moment are predominantly people who seem to be kind of like first time on Kickstarter. It's not your normal demographic for this type of game. When you are going down the next line into the next project, is this going to make it kind of almost like you might potentially be kind of starting again as the kind of audience that's going to back Frizzbulls might not be the audience which is going to back your kind of like your dungeon crawler game or your next potential project? Uh, I have that worry. I think if you've had a successful Kickstarter, it will, you know, and you've also delivered on a Kickstarter because that's Mm. one of the things that people are worried about. If you've done it before, you're you're getting a reputation for being a solid supplier Mm. of whatever it is that you're supplying. Mm -hmm. And then finding the specific market. I think people do their research now on Kickstarter and they try and see if you're going to, give shoddy goods or you're not going to deliver or you're going to take years um and if i can show that i'm not like that in a slightly different market i still think that will transfer over i'm hoping anyway i don't know any more than a lot of people i'm not marketing i'm i hope these things will carry over and be seen as in a positive light and i have done you know as i say i'm now published at least on a micro game so i have a hobby game um, that's coming out in December, I think. Um, so you're, in the end, you're building a brand, right? And yeah. even if the brand is, if the brand is at least being able to deliver and having a quality product, then I think that will transfer. Oh, it sounds like things are very, very exciting for you. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It's an adventure. I mean, what was the worst that could happen? No, uh, that, nothing, I guess. If you don't try, you know. One of these days, there will be a Weather Gods game that's appearing. Um, but we I'll back it. Should, I'll yeah. be there. Do you know what is going to be? I think potentially the card game is going to be appearing. The spell, the dual, <laughs> the spelling <laughs> game. Yeah, dual purpose is going to potentially be going to be a thing. You know, which is a strange thing yep. to do. But we shall see. Um, I wish you. You should go for it. I I am. I'm actually. I have decided to. I need to do something because otherwise, I'm going to sit there and go. Somebody's going to come up with the weather gods thing, and I'm just going to be absolutely gutted that it wasn't me, or Squirrel Valley, or whatever any other games of nonsense that I've thought about over the last kind of yeah. two years. Oh, I had it with Dice Summoners because you had them on 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 here didn't yeah, you? Did and you? Yeah. when i when i heard about it i tore up one of my one of my ideas <laughs> from a couple of years ago well, but there are only <laughs> so many games right 
How dare they? I hope they fail. Um, you know, but they're not because they're no. going to pass. It's all good. Um, yeah. If people want to find out more about yourself, keep an eye on yourself and what you're up to, where can they find you on the interweb net, sir? Well, 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 I think you'll have my the, my name in your in your details, which is Yostantuma, and just look for that on Instagram, on Twitter, um, Frizzball, even on. I, I think you can find me through that on Kickstarter as well. Mm-hmm. I use my own name on these things, um, and then Frizzball is F. Well, you'll have that written down: F R I S B O U L E S, and that's on Kickstarter. There is a website as well. It's not the most exciting. I designed it myself, so, and I'm not a web designer. Ah, it's all good. What we'll do, but is that's we'll... got videos and fun. There we go, and we'll make sure that we put all of the notes, all of the notes, all of the notes. Yeah, we've been doing this two hundred seven times. To... I can't even get it right. I'll put all the links in the show notes so we have notes to show. It's the one line I need to get right at the end, and I've managed to completely fluff it up. I'm not going to edit because. I need to give you a link, don't I, for um, for uh, Dungeons and Dragons yes. final episode? <laughs> yeah, get a hold of that. And if, if Jules hasn't given us the uh, the link to the final episode, um, we can hunt him down like the dog that he is for letting us all down and never ever Thank back so any much. of his games at all. Um, <laughs> If you want to well, keep... I hope to be back one day with something more suited to your audience. Well, you need to come back on anyway, because this has been an absolute <laughs> lot of fun. Um, if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, then go to Internet Webs and search for We Are Not Wizards, and you shall find us across all of the Internet Webs uh, in various formats like Twitter and, let's see, Instagram and Facebook. And we've got a blog which we write about stuff, which is we'renotwizards.blogspot.com. We have our website, which is we'renotwizards.com. If you want to send us an email, send it to magic at we'renotwizards.com. Yes, I am aware of the irony of the email address. Thank you very much. That's why I chose it. Um, If you want to catch us on podcast catchers, catch us on podcast catchers where they catch podcasts. Like your Stitcher and Speaker and Acast and Podknife and even Podbean itself. You can find us in other places like Tumblr and uh, Instagram. And yeah, don't know why we use, we're on Tumblr, no idea. Apparently we're there. Um, that's one of these things. We're on YouTube as well. So if you fancy getting your media from there, you will find every episode that we release is also on YouTube too. If you like us very, very much, consider going to the Behemoth. That is Apple Podcasts, and uh, should should we give you ten stars? No, because if you give us ten stars, it makes us big headed. But don't give us one star because <laughs> it makes us cry. Give us five because it's in the middle. It's a little bit average, and we are just a little bit average. But the person who's not being average tonight is the rather wonderful, the rather fantastic. Throw him six feet in the air and let him land near a star. It's been an honour. Thank you. No, thank you, sir, for coming on. And and uh, next time you have your next project on, just you shall have to come back on. You have to. You I'll, I'll give you more notice then as well. That's, I promise. No, it's been brilliant. Um, uh, there's only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, sir? We are not. Fantastic. And the second thing is to say goodbye. 
So it's a goodbye from the rather wonderful, the rather fantastic. Just say goodbye, sir. Goodbye, sir. <laughs> Every single time. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe. Rollsixes.com. And um, if you're out there and if you fancy doing something while you're out there, which maybe involves maybe not flicking discs, but chucking discs and having some general fun with the family, you have got like 17 days. And uh, don't get them annoyed, don't get them uh, bored, but maybe get them having fun and laughter and hysterics and chucking things like a pirate or throwing things like a an astronaut or hopping on one leg while you're trying to reach the star in the middle of the garden. Um, check out Frizzbulls and we shall make sure we put a link in the show notes so we have notes to show. But until the next time, goodbye. <laughs>